Section 26 of 93 by Victor Hugo, translated by Aline Delano. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part 2, Book 2, Chapter 3. A Quivering of the Inmost Fibres. The conversation ceased for a time. Each titan betook himself to his own reflections. Lions are disturbed by hydras. Robespierre had grown very pale, and Danton very much flushed. Both shuddered. Marat's wild glare had died out. Calmness, imperious calmness, now rested on the face of that man, feared by those who were themselves objects of awe. Danton felt himself conquered, but was unwilling to yield. He continued, Marat talks loudly of dictatorship and unity, possessing all the while a talent for destroying. Robespierre opened his thin lips, and, by way of supplementing Danton's speech, remarked, I agree with Anna Carsis Clutes. Give me neither Roland nor Marat. And I, said Marat, I say neither Danton nor Robespierre. He gazed steadily at the two men, and then added, Let me advise you, Danton. You are in love, and think of marrying again. Let politics alone. Be wise. And taking a step towards the door, he was about to take his departure with the ominous salutation, Farewell, gentlemen. Danton and Robespierre shuddered. At that moment a voice was heard at the farther end of the room, saying, You are wrong, Marat. All turned. During Marat's outbreak someone had entered, unperceived, through the door at the back of the room. "'Is that you, Citizen Simourdan?' said Marat. "'Good day.' "'It was Simourdan.' "'I tell you that you are wrong, Marat,' he repeated. Marat turned green, which was his way of growing pale, and Simourdan added, "'You are useful, but Robespierre and Danton are indispensable. Why do you threaten them? Let us have union, citizens. The people wish us to be united.' This entrance was like a dash of cold water, or the arrival of a stranger upon the scene of a family quarrel, it produced a calming effect upon the surface if it did not reach the depths. Simourdan advanced towards the table. Both Danton and Robespierre knew him. They had often noticed, in the public tribunals of the convention, this obscure but influential man whom the people greeted with respect. Robespierre, however, always ceremonious, inquired, How did you get in, citizen? He belongs to the Avishé, replied Marat, in an unusually meek tone of voice. Marat braved the convention and led the commune, but he feared the Avishé. This is a law. Mirabeau, in some mysterious faraway depth, is conscious of the existence of Robespierre. Marat, too, is aware of Hébert, Hébert Babeuf. So long as the subterranean strata remain quiet, the politician can move at his ease but there is a subsoil under the most revolutionary, and the boldest men will quail when they feel beneath their feet the movement which they themselves have started overhead. To be able to distinguish between the disturbance that springs from covetousness and that which is founded on principle, to combat the one and to aid the other, constitutes the genius and merit of great revolutionists. Oh, citizen Simourdan is not unwelcome, Danton said, as he extended his hand to Simourdan, adding, Farble, let us explain the situation to citizen Simourdan. He comes in just in time. 
I represent the Mountain, Robespierre the Committee of Public Safety, Marat the Commune, and Simordan represents the Efficé. He will give us the casting vote. So be it, replied Simordan, in his serious and simple manner. What is the subject under consideration? The Vendée, replied Robespierre. The Vendée, echoed Simordan, then went on. There lies the great danger. If revolution expires, the Vendée will have given it its death blow. One Vendée is more to be feared than ten Germanies. If France is to be saved, we must destroy the Vendée. These words run Robespierre to his side, but still the latter put the question, Were you not formerly a priest? For the priestly aspect had not escaped his observation. He recognized in another what he had within himself. Yes, citizen, replied Simordan. What does that matter? cried Danton. When priests are good, they are better than other men. In time of revolution, priests are melted into citizens, just as bells are melted into Sioux and Cannon. Danjou and Danon are both priests. Thomas Lindet is Bishop of Evreux. At the convention, Robespierre, you sit side by side with Monsieur, Bishop of Beauvais. The vicar general, Vaugeois, belonged to the insurrection committee of the 10th of August. Chabot is a Capuchin. Domgueil devised the oath of the tennis court. The Abbe Audran declared the National Assembly superior to the king. The Abbe Goute asked the legislature to remove the dais from the chair of Louis XVI, and the Abbe Grégoire instigated the abolition of royalty. A motion seconded by the comedian Collot d'Herbois. They too did the business. The priest overturned the throne. The comedian deposed the king. Let us return to the Vendée, said Robespierre. Well, what is it? asked Simordan. What is the Vendée doing now? This, replied Robespierre. It has found a leader. It will become terrible. Who is this leader, citizen Robespierre? He is a ci-devant Marquis de Lantenac, who styles himself a Breton prince. Simordan made a movement. I know him, he said. I was chaplain at his house. He reflected for a moment and then continued. He was fond of women before he became active in military affairs. Like Byron, who was a lausun, said Danton. Simordan added thoughtfully. Yes. Formerly a man devoted to pleasure. He must be terrible. Frightful, said Robespierre. He burns villages, kills the wounded, massacres prisoners, and shoots women. Women? Yes, among others he ordered a woman to be shot who is the mother of three children. No one knows what became of the children. Moreover, he is really a leader. He understands the art of warfare. True, replied Simordan. When he was in the Hanoverian War, the soldiers used to say, Richelieu above, Lantenac below, but the latter was the actual general. Ask your colleague Dussault about it. Robespierre remained for a moment absorbed in thought. Then the conversation between Simordan and himself was renewed. Well, citizen Simordan, this man is in the Vendée. How long since? Three weeks ago. He must be outlawed. That has been done. A price must be set upon his head. That also has been done. A large sum of money must be offered for his capture. The offer has been made. It must not be in Azignat's. Certainly not. But in gold. It has been so promised. And he must be guillotined. That shall be done. By whom? By you. By me. Yes. You will be delegated by the Committee of Public Safety with ample powers. I accept, said Simordan. Robespierre was rapid in his decisions, a statesmanlike quality. 
He took from the portfolio that lay before him a sheet of white paper, at the head of which the following words were printed. French Republic, one and indivisible, Committee of Public Safety. I accept, continued Seymour Don. Let the terrible encounter the terrible. Lantanac is ferocious. I will be equally so. It shall be war unto death with that man. I shall rid the Republic of him if it be God's will. He stopped, then continued. I am a priest. I believe in God. God has grown antiquated, said Danton. I believe in God, repeated Simordan, unmoved. Robespierre gloomily nodded his approval, and Simordan continued. To whom shall I be delegated? Robespierre replied. To the commandant of the exploring division sent against Lautenac, but I give you warning that he is a nobleman. That is another thing that excites my contempt, cried Danton. A nobleman? Well, what of that? It is all the same whether a man be a priest or a nobleman. If he is a good man, he is excellent. Nobility is a prejudice, but we ought to deal impartially with it, granting both its merits and its demerits. Is not Saint-Just a nobleman, Robespierre? Florel de Saint-Just, parbleu! Anacarsis Clutes is a baron. Our friend Charles Hess, who never misses a single session of the Cordeliers, is a prince, brother to the reigning landgrave of Hess-Rosenburg. Montot, Marat's intimate friend, is Marquis de Montot. In the Revolutionary Tribunal there is one juror, Villat, who is a priest, and another, Leroy, Marquis de Montflabert. Both are trustworthy men. And you forget, added Robespierre, the foreman of the Revolutionary Jury. Antonel. Marquis Antonel, corrected Robespierre. And that Dompierre, who was lately killed before Condé by the Republic, rejoined Danton, was a nobleman, and Beaurepaire, too, who blew his brains out rather than open the gates of Verdun to the Prussians. And in spite of all that, grumbled Marat, on the day when Condorcet exclaimed, the Kraki were nobles, Danton cried out, all nobles are traitors, beginning with Mirabeau and ending with thee. Here the serious voice of Simordan rose above the others. Citizen Danton, citizen Robespierre, you may perhaps be justified in your confidence, but the nation distrusts and it has reason to do so. When a priest is charged with the surveillance of a nobleman, the responsibility is a double one, and it is the duty of the priest to be inflexible. That is true, said Robespierre. And inexorable, added Simordan. Well said, citizen Simordan, rejoined Robespierre. It is a young man with whom you will have to deal, and you will have the advantage over him from the fact that you are twice his age. He must be guided, but with the utmost discretion that he may not suspect it. It seems that he has military ability. All reports are unanimous on that point. He forms part of a corps which has been detached from the army of the Rhine and sent into the Vendée. He has lately returned from the frontier where he distinguished himself by his bravery and intelligence, and is now in command of the exploring division, which he handles like an expert. For fifteen days he has held the old Marquis de Lantanac in check. He restrains him and at the same time compels him to give way. He will end by forcing him to the sea and pitching him into it. Lantanac has the cunning of an old general, while his opponent possesses the boldness of a young captain. This young man has already won for himself enemies, and detractors who are envious of him. Adjutant General Lachelle is jealous of him. This Lachelle wants to be commander-in-chief, interrupted Danton. He has only a pun in his favor. It leads a ladder to mount into a cart. Meanwhile, Charette defeats him. And he is not willing that anyone else should defeat Lantanac, added Robespierre. The misfortune of Vendée and war is the existence of these rivalries. Our soldiers are heroes led by inferior commanders. 
Chiron, a mere captain of hussars, enters Samor with trumpets playing sa ira. He takes Samor. He might go on and take Cholet, but having received no orders, he pauses. Every position of command in the Vendée ought to be reconstructed. The garrisons are scattered, the forces dispersed. An army that is scattered is paralyzed. It is like a rock crumbling into dust. Nothing but tents are left at Comte de Parame. Between Treguier and Dinan there are a hundred useless little encampments out of which a division could be formed to cover the entire coast. L'Echelle, supported by Perrin, robs the northern coast under the pretext of protecting the southern and thus exposes France to the English. Half a million of peasants in revolt and a descent of England upon France, such is Lantenac's plan. The young commander of the exploring column presses his resistless sword against Lantenac's loins until he forces him to yield, and this without asking leave of L'Echelle. Now L'Echelle is his chief, therefore he denounces him. Opinions are divided regarding this young man. L'Echelle would like to have him shot and Pierre de Lamont wishes to make him adjutant general. He seems to me to possess great qualities, observed Simordan. But he has one defect. This interruption came from Marat. And what is that? asked Simordan. Clemency, replied Marat. And he went on. He is firm in the assault, but after the victory he shows his weakness. He grants indulgences. He is too merciful and forgiving. He protects religieux and nuns. He saves the wives and daughters of the aristocrats. He releases prisoners and lets the priests go free. A grave fault, murmured Simurdan. A crime you would do better to call it, said Marat. Well, sometimes, said Danton. Often, said Robespierre. Almost always, insisted Marat. Yes, when one has to deal with the enemies of one's country, it may always be called a crime, said Simordan. Marat turned towards the latter. And what, then, would you do with a Republican chief who would set a royalist leader at liberty? He inquired. I should agree with Lichel. I would have him shot. Or guillotined, said Marat. He might take his choice, said Simordan. Danton began to laugh. The one seems to me as good as the other. You are quite sure to have one or the other, muttered Marat, and averting his eyes from Danton, he fixed them again on Simordan. So, citizen Simordan, if you caught a Republican chief stumbling, you would have him beheaded? Within twenty-four hours. Well, resumed Marat, I agree with Robespierre. Citizen Simodan must be sent as a delegate from the Committee of Public Safety to the commander of the Exploring Division of the Coast Army. What is this commander's name, by the way? Robespierre, beginning to turn over his papers, replied, He is a seat of a nobleman. It is an excellent plan to set a priest to guard a nobleman, said Danton. Either one of them, singly and alone, I am inclined to distrust, but when taken together, I have no fear of them. They keep a mutual watch over each other and go on very well. The expression of indignation peculiar to Simordan's face grew more pronounced, but doubtless aware that the observation was based upon truth, he did not turn towards Danton as he lifted his severe voice. If the Republican commander entrusted to my care makes a false step, he will suffer the penalty of death. 
Robespierre, with his eyes still resting on his portfolio, said, Here is the name. The commander in charge of whom you will be placed to conduct yourself in his regard at your own discretion is a former Viscount called Govan. Simordan turned pale. Govan, he exclaimed. Marat observed Simordan's pallor. The Viscount Govan, repeated Simordan. Yes, said Robespierre. Well, exclaimed Marat, gazing steadfastly at Simordan. There was a brief silence, broken by Marat. Citizen Simordan, do you accept the appointment of commissioner-delegate to the commander Govan, with the condition which you yourself have laid down? Is it agreed? It is, replied Simordan, with increasing pallor. Robespierre took the pen that lay beside him, and in his slow and regular handwriting traced four lines on the sheet of paper headed, Committee of Public Safety. After signing it, he passed the pen and paper to Danton, who signed, and the signature of Marat, who had not once removed his eyes from the pale face of Simordan, was added to the others. Robespierre, taking back the sheet, dated it and gave it to Simordan, who read on it the following. Year two of the Republic. Full powers are granted to citizen Simordan, commissioner delegated from the Committee of Public Safety, to a citizen Govan, in command of the exploring division of the Army of the Coast. Robespierre, Danton, Marat. And below the signatures, June 29th, 1793. The revolutionary calendar, called the civil calendar, had no legal existence at that time, and was only adopted by the convention on the 5th of October, 1793 in response to the proposition of Rome. While Simordan was reading, Marat continued to watch him. Then, in a tone half inaudible, as though speaking to himself, he said, All this must be confirmed by a decree from the convention, or by a special resolution of the Committee of Public Safety. Something still remains to be done. Citizen Simordan, where do you live? asked Robespierre. Indeed, then you are a neighbor of mine, I live there also, said Danton. Robespierre continued, There is not a moment to lose. Tomorrow you will receive your formal commission signed by all the members of the Committee of Public Safety. This is a confirmation of the commission accrediting you specially to the active representatives Philippeau, Pierre de Lamont, Le Quant, Alquier, and others. We know you. Your powers are unlimited. It rests with you to make Govan a general or send him to the scaffold. You will receive your commission tomorrow at three o'clock. When will you start? At four o'clock, said Simordan, and they separated. On returning home, Marat informed Simon Evrard that he should go to the convention tomorrow. End of section 26